0: Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. We've got a fully loaded pod crew today. Producer Hindi is back. We've got some catching up to do with him. Plus, the Thunder is two games away from the All Star break, so we'll preview some of that here today as well. So don't go anywhere, it's the Thunder Basketball Universe. Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. Like I mentioned off the top, we've got a fully loaded podcast crew today. I'm Paris Lawson sitting next to Nick Galla, who is now next to producer Hindi, who is back from paternity leave. Welcome back.
1: Thank you, man. It's great to be back. You guys have been doing an amazing job with me out.
0: We appreciate you listening while you're away. And maybe it, make,
1: you're- it makes those 2 a.m. feedings a lot better having the Thunder Basketball universe to dive into.
2: The question is, is Baby Cohen a subscriber yet?
1: Man, not yet. He's a listener. He's a fan. But he's still debating on hitting that subscribe button or not. So maybe after this one, he'll be more of a fan and be ready to subscribe. And obviously give us those five-star ratings, too. That's what it's all about.
0: (laughs) This one goes out (laughs) to baby Cohen. That's right. (laughs) Well, we've missed you, Henny. We're glad to have you back. While you've been gone, the Thunder's been doing some really good things offensively and defensively. And as of late, the Thunder has split its past two games with a big win over Detroit but then turning around on Sunday and falling just shy of a win against the Celtics. But the Detroit game on Friday was a big win for the Thunder.
2: Definitely a great opportunity to continue to solidify home court. It moved the Thunder at that point to 17-10 and 10 at Chesapeake Energy Arena, another great game where they had a huge advantage at the free throw line, plus 11 at the free throw line. And they did a nice job, even with a pesky Detroit squad that got loose on the offensive glass. Thunder and other teams will talk about slippage during the course of an NBA season. They let up 14 offensive boards, and then a couple days later against the Celtics, that those offensive rebounds came back to kind of bite them in the second half against Boston.
0: It, you're mentioning it perfectly. Just like in the second half against Boston, the Thunder actually started off really well against the Celtics, got out to an early lead going into the half, and then Celtics really found some momentum in that third quarter behind Jason Tatum who went off in that third quarter behind a couple of threes and really opened up the door for the Celtics to really put themselves in a position to win down the stretch.
2: Boston's one of those teams that is tops in the league at using screens to score. And we saw it over and over again, Tatum coming around those screening actions, Thunder perimeter defenders trying to hustle around it and provide that uh, resistance. But Tatum, Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, these guys, they hit tough shots. And it was just one of those games. It, Really, it felt like at that 2.30 tip-off, it felt like a national TV, ABC Sunday afternoon game.
0: Everybody was locked in. The arena was just absolutely full. I remember looking around and thinking, gosh, there's just a different vibe about this game. A lot of positive energy radiating throughout here. And that's how it started off throughout the whole first quarter. I think the, the team really fed off of that energy coming from the crowd.
2: The Thunder played a really good game, and I think that a lot of times... Fans, media, everybody can get wrapped up in what the actual final result was. I mean, a one point loss uh, against a Boston Celtics team compared to, you know, a seven point win over Detroit. They're different in the in the win column, but you might feel better, actually, about the way that the Thunder went toe-to-toe with Boston compared to maybe not its best performance, as SGA said, after that Detroit game. So I think this Thunder squad has a, a little bit of that balanced perspective. Obviously, they are super competitive and want to win, mm-hmm. but... I think there is something to be said about the way they played against Boston.
0: And also the fact that they fought their way back in that fourth quarter when the Celtics had the momentum and they were building up that lead. They got it to about a three-possession game really late in the game, and a three from Shea Gilgis-Alexander late in the stretch with one minute left brought it to two possessions, and they continually strung together possessions to put themselves in a position to win when Boston had the momentum.
2: Big time shot making, big time defensive plays, Paris. I know you haven't experienced a playoff game yet, but that was <laughs> that's as right. close as I'll get <laughs> yeah, before actual playoff exactly, time. Exactly, exactly.
0: We talked earlier in the season about the the strength of the Thunder's stout closing lineup with the three point guards plus Danilo Gallinari and Stephen Adams in the paint. But the NBA is all about making adjustments, and the Thunder has options when the te- when teams try to make those adjustments for them. They try to take players off the floor, but Coach Donovan really does have a lot of options on his roster to fill those spots.
2: Yeah, we're going to kind of break down who those guys are. Billy went with Terrence late in that Celtics game. So he's got T-Ferg. He's got Lou Dort, who's now started in... 10 straight games. Mm-hmm. He's got Hami Diallo, who came in for Darius when Darius went out for that an- with that ankle injury, and then he's got Abdul Nader. So we're going to talk about each one of those guys. Let's start with Ferg, who finished out that game.
0: Ferg is definitely the most experienced out of the, the four options that you listed, and a, a notorious defensive pest when he's going up against some of the best perimeter players in the league. But one of the things that has been um, kind of on the forefront is just consistency on the offensive end, whether it's you know finishing at the rim or knocking down threes.
2: Yeah, he's played the most games. He has by far the most starts out of any of those players. And for his career has been a pretty effective three-point shooter, about 35% from behind the arc, this season has just been a little bit herky-jerky for him in terms of being, you know, available to play and in and out. And so I think he's still kind of getting his legs back under him and hopefully these last couple games before the All-Star break and then getting that All-Star break to – be able to actually get back into the gym and get his legs under him uh, will be really good for Ferg.
0: And then the other really good defensive specialist in that, in that category is Lou. Like you mentioned, he's been starting for the past 10 games in place of, of Terrence um, while he was out, but we've seen he is a rookie, but we've seen some really, really great defensive performances from him. He's the most physical and, but also the least experienced.
2: He has this great combination of physicality and quick feet. Uh, The coaching staff, talk about those two qualities being really hard to find in a defender. A lot of times you'll get somebody that's really quick that can beat a guy to the spot, but as soon as there's contact, he's getting bowled over. Lou is not that way at all. He can take that you know, contact, that physicality right in the chest and maintain his ground. So uh, he's been a revelation to watch, but he doesn't know the league quite yet uh, the way that other guys will. He doesn't know the tendencies. Uh, so he's a guy to, to keep watching moving forward, but uh, another one of those options, as we mentioned
0: the The next option down the list for the thunder is Abdul Nader, who has been consistent throughout this season, grown kind of in that wing position, being super aggressive offensively. We've seen him knock down sh- shots from behind the arc. He's probably one of the more consistent shooters in that in that category for the Thunder
2: he's about a 35 36 percent three-point shooter for them this year by far out of the four guys that we're going to talk about the most proficient three-point shooter he is not quite the same defender as those other guys he has a little bit more of that size and physicality uh, more like Lou and less like Terrence uh, but not as much of the like I guess, just defensive natural gifts and abilities. So uh, he's a guy that if you want some more offense out there, you need to help spread the floor a little bit. He's a really good option.
0: A great option offensively, along with Hami who is super explosive, no secret that he is super explosive on the offensive end, but also one of the better finishers in that category for the Thunder ability to get to the rim and finish above the rim as well.
2: Great cutter, really good on the back door in transition. He's fantastic, and as you mentioned, really good at finishing at the bucket. He is a aggressive defender sometimes that works against him because he's a little bit over aggressive and that leads to foul trouble but he hustles around screens he really works and he has all the physical tools to be a good defender Uh, the next thing about him though is he's not a very good three-point shooter at this point in his career and so that is somewhat limiting on the offensive end of the floor but again if you've got to chase somebody around screens a bunch if you need somebody that's going to help you push pace and tempo in the open floor Hami's a great choice
0: So there you have it. There are the the tools at Coach Donovan's disposal for that wing position in any situation that the Thunder is faced against in late-game situations. Teams are going to make adjustments and try to take certain players off the floor, but As you see, there are a lot of tools at Coach Donovan's disposal to really combat that.
2: I'd like to throw one more guy in, too, which is Darius. Uh, He does a little bit of everything well at this point. His rebounding has been pretty solid. He's in the top 10 among rookies in terms of rebounds per game. He's in the top 10 in terms of blocks. And if you're in a situation where you need a little bit more size at that position, uh, he's a really good choice for you there, too. He can kind of play the three or the four.
0: Yeah, we've seen Darius really get matched up against guys that are... Uh, the bigger guys on the floor for opponents and do a really good job of holding his own as a rookie offensively. He's had his ups and downs, but he's had his shining moments and we've seen that throughout the season, but it'll be something to keep an eye on of how he keeps consistently improving on offense throughout the season. We're going to transition to looking forward a little bit. The Thunder plays San Antonio on Tuesday, followed by New Orleans on Thursday. And then it's the All-Star break. So let's break it down for you. All-Star weekend coming up in about a week for the Thunder. And it's going to be a busy weekend.
2: So SGA is going to be in the Rising Stars game on Friday night. Then he's going to come back and be in the skills competition on Saturday night. And then Chris Paul is making his 10th All-Star appearance on Sunday night in the big game. And there's going to be all sorts of other events in the meantime throughout the course of that weekend.
0: There is going to be a lot going on, but let's start with the basketball. I mean, you mentioned it, Chris, and his 10th All-Star appear- All Star game appearance. And it's going to be a little bit of a different format for the All-Star game than what fans are normally used to. It's going to be three separate quarters Zero, 00 and they're playing each team is playing for a Chicago charity. Winner of each quarter gets a donation to their respective charities. In the fourth quarter there is no clock and they add all of the points from the first three quarters. The leading team, they add 24 points to that as a homage to Kobe Bryant and that is the target score for the remaining uh, remainder of that game.
1: At least they didn't make it complicated. <laughs> I'm sure during the broadcast, half of the broadcast is just going to be explaining the rules to the people watching.
0: Like, wait a second. What?
1: But at the same time, I dig it. It'll be just be like the coach's challenge. Just, <laughs> no one has any idea what's going on, but we're just along for the ride. We'll I, see how it goes. I'm
2: always a big fan of change. Do you guys like the new format? I, I think it'll be interesting. Let's give them an example, okay. maybe to, to help put it in perspective. So, Team let's, Nick
0: versus sh- Team Paris.
2: Right. So... Team Nick wins quarter one, of course. Naturally. (laughs) Team Paris. Nick always starts fast, so yeah.
0: (laughs) Team Paris wins the next two quarters.
2: Right. So Team Paris has 110 points after three quarters. Team Nick has 105 points after three quarters. The target score for the end of the game is 134 points. So if either Team Paris or Team Nick gets to 134, they win. Yeah, first
1: one to 24 over the total score.
2: Of the leading team. Of the leading
1: team. After three quarters. Yeah.
0: Meanwhile, each team that wins each quarter, they donate $100,000 to their respective charities.
1: I like it because, you know, past All-Star Games, the biggest criticism was it doesn't matter until the last two minutes, and then the guys start trying. Do you guys think this is going to make the players try a
2: little harder throughout the game? I hope so. I hope so. I think there's going to be still that competition within the competition, which is who's going to win All-Star Game MVP.
0: I think the coolest thing is that it's like you get four different games in one game. I mean, the clock resets to zero after every quarter. And so now it's, all right, back to it. Like, who's going to win this game? We have another shot, regardless of how the first quarter went. Chris in the All-Star Game on Sunday marks the 11th straight All-Star appearance from the Thunder, which is the longest active streak in the league. And that also adds to the success that the Thunders had in past All-Star games.
2: KD won the All-Star game MVP in 2012. That was the same year that Scott Brooks and the coaching staff coached the, the West. And then Russell won back-to-back All-Star game MVPs in 2015 and 2016. And I think there's a little bit of a strategy to how you can win the All-Star game MVP.
0: Uh, let's break this down. I feel like and the new format might take a toll on this a little bit, but what, what have you seen in past games that have led to success as an MVP?
2: The three-point line is critical, and it's really critical early. So starters usually have a little bit of an advantage, but the way that Russell really was able to win some of those MVPs is he came out launching three pointers for like the first two or three minutes that he was into the game. And really, if you hit like three or so three or four threes in the first quarter you've really got a chance because right around halftime the guys that are like leading in the scoring column for both teams they start to get deferred to a little bit the other players who maybe haven't scored so much have missed you know the majority of their shots at that point they kind of start saying okay this guy's this guy's got the hot hand mm-hmm. he's really got the chance to have a special night And we've actually seen recently a lot of players coming close to or breaking the points record in an All-Star game because guys are starting to to feed them a little bit.
0: They're buying into the strategy. So the idea is that you want to get going early so that you get fed in the second half.
2: And everybody's kind of going for that. So everybody is, like, taking three or four or five shots in that first quarter. And whoever has made, like, either five for five or four for five or whatever – those are the guys that gets you know start to get fed again a little bit more and more. I'm going to just throw this strategy out there for Chris just based on his
1: game cuz he's not going to be getting those big dunks in transition. What if he just goes for like a 25 assist game, going into the fourth quarter and then he does in Chris Paul fashion,
2: then starts racking up the, <laughs> the buckets. The fourth quarter. Right. Yeah. You know, just kind of running down running down their back and launching those top of the key three-pointers, like That's three right. or four of them in a row. That could work. Snaking off that ball
0: screens, knocking down some mid-range J's too.
2: You never know.
1: Yeah. You never know. He's got a shot.
0: So you're saying he's got a chance. So you're telling me there's <laughs> a chance. <Yeah. laughs> So that pretty much wraps up Sunday, but that is far from all that's going to happen for the Thunder on All-Star Weekend. Shea is going to be pretty busy on Friday. He's going to be a participant in the World Team on the Rising Stars game and then turn around Saturday, and he will be participating in the Skills Challenge.
2: It's his second time being in the Rising Stars game. First in the Skills Challenge, though, and that's an interesting format. you got to go up, down. Back up the floor again. You got to dribble between some obstacles, make the pass, come back down, make a layup, and then hit a three to finish it out.
0: I think Shea's got a little bit of an advantage for this skills challenge. I mean, it's all about being under control, being poised, and not getting frazzled and feeling like you have to be perfect every time. Shea is super smooth. We see him every time in a game just being able to be composed around the rim and and find ways to finish. So I I think he's got an advantage there.
2: Speed is important, and Shea has sneaky speed, where he's not really ever rushed. So I think it's possible he's got really long legs that he can <laughs> he can and he's really good at dribbling he can get in between those pylons and then he's a good passer good finisher and good shooter
0: Here at the Thunder, we like to keep the main thing, the main thing, and the main thing for the Thunder right now is this last final leg before going into the All-Star break, where normally some teams kind of fall short, they're looking forward to that vacation time, but the Thunder, Chris Paul said it post-game, is this is a part of the season where we're digging deep and we're putting ourselves in a position to win.
2: This is the time to capitalize when maybe other teams are starting to look ahead to the break, or feel that sluggishness of sort of the dog days of the NBA season. So this is an opportunity for the Thunder to actually strike against San Antonio and New Orleans.
0: And we've seen how they've done that against a big win in Detroit on Friday and then turning around and making it a one-point game down the stretch against Boston.
2: Yeah, Thunder and Celtics are jockeying for playoff positioning, so that was bound to be this high-intensity game. They've got two more teams in San Antonio and New Orleans who are also kind of in that situation. If Thunder fans will remember OKC okay, actually had a pretty rough game last year in that final game before the All Star break down in New Orleans. So be a good opportunity for this team to bounce back and play better down there in that final game before the break. Tatum giving the ball. Here we go. Jason looking, gets it right baseline to Hayward, escaping Schroeder, lays it up. Blocked by Schroeder. Gives Alexander loose ball. Ten seconds we left. We talked
0: about it a lot off Shane. the top of the podcast, Dancing. but the Thunder's game against the Celtics really came down to the final seconds and. It's what honestly made us look. It was a block from Dennis with about 14 seconds on the clock that put the Thunder in a position to win the game in a really critical time.
2: The Thunder's defense is just so harassing in fourth quarters of games. They've been the best fourth quarter defense in the league this season. But Dennis, out of nowhere, blocking a Gordon Hayward layup when there was just not very much time left on the clock gave Shea an opportunity to come down the floor. Ultimately, it didn't work out because Marcus Smart made an unbelievable play. But there's no way that they're even in that position down three with the ball to, to have a chance.
0: And it wasn't just a little block. It wasn't like he just got his finger on it. No, he sent the ball behind Gordon Hayward, which was a big-time possession. And that's kind of a really big size discrepancy between Gordon Hayward and Dennis Schroeder. So I think that's a feat that needs to be highlighted a little bit. It's now that point in the podcast where we want to bless your timeline. Our timeline was blessed when we heard that baby Cohen was here and man, Hindi's back now, so we're just we're thriving over here at the TVU crew.
1: Man, yeah, having Cohen arrive, we were we we're pretty like social media silent for a while. Yeah, you know, we had like kind of a rough first week. We were in the NICU for a little while. But all is good now. We are posting pictures, uh, Instagram and Facebook. So I don't think the Thunder has retweeted any of them yet, probably for the best. But he's a cute kid. All the doctors keep saying that. I'm sure they don't tell every kid that he's cute. So.
2: I did really like the dual uh, snow angel photo that you guys
0: posted that was together.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, we didn't get him out on the actual snow day. We waited for it to warm up a little bit, and then we bundled him up in like his little bear costume. And we didn't know what to do we just were like do we just let's just stick him in the snow and see what happens and he was a chill baby he just laid there and looked at us and so i was like well that looks like fun i'm gonna do the
2: same thing so i just laid next to him (laughs) we're just happy to have you back Uh, i'm sure you wish you were still chilling with baby cohen right now but you had to come here and produce this podcast he's in good hands so
1: it's good to be back with you guys and you know he'll be listening he'll definitely give us a rating after this
0: With that, we want to thank you so much for listening, Hindi. Welcome back to the podcast. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to our producers. And until next time, thunder up and catch you later.